Hello, everybody, and welcome back to uh, Fuel Buyer Summit. I'm here today with my good friend, Megan Boutwell from Stillwater Associates. She's the VP of Operations. Um, and we are going to talk about a subject that I, along with a lot of other people, find frankly terrifying. <laughs> LCFS, RFS, what it means, and Megan, you guys, tell us a little bit about Stillwater Associates and a little bit about your role in, in explaining this to the world. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Stillwater Associates is a, a transportation consulting firm, um, transportation fuels consulting firm, excuse me. And we um, help clients understand how fuels get from the source to the to the car or to the um, transport vehicle. Um, so a lot of what we do is help clients understand how regulations impact transportation fuels markets. And that includes low carbon fuel standards and um, the federal renewable fuel standard. So we started reporting on the low carbon fuel standard in 2016 with our LCFS newsletter. And since then, we've really kind of developed a business where we are helping clients understand how to get renewable fuels into the market, helping clients, other clients, fuel buyers understand what the cost impact of LCFS and RFS are to them um, and how to take advantage of these programs. Um, so, yeah. So, Okay. So I know, so my background, so Megan and I uh, have known each other and I've known Megan's dad for a very, very long time. Uh, you guys have been probably one of the premier consulting companies that have really worked with people in the industry. I think a lot of our people today know that LCFS is a big deal. Um, but I think they're, what I'd love to have happen today is to just kind of break it down and explain it to them. So, you know, it ceases to become this thing that I'm kind of frightened of. So, Explain to us, Megan, what what is LCFS? What's the difference between LCFS and RFS? And just kind of try to explain it to us so that we can all understand it. Sure. So um, probably the best thing to do is start with the renewable fuel standard, the RFS. So that's the federal program that mandates um, volumes of renewable fuels be blended into petroleum fuels um, at mandated levels. So the EPA sets those levels. They're supposed to set them every year. Um, in the past couple of years, that hasn't happened as scheduled. And so um, that can that program can get to be a little bit um, squirrely for people. But the, but the main difference is that between the RFS and the LCFS is that the RFS mandates volumes of fuels be blended into petroleum fuels. With the LCFS, <clears throat> this is a fuel-neutral market-based system that incentivizes the lowering of carbon intensity into fuels. So the, it's not a mandate, doesn't demand that ethanol be um, blended into gasoline at a certain volume. What it does is it requires <clears throat> petroleum fuels producers to reduce the carbon intensity of their fuels, either by buying um, renewable fuels and blending it into their gasoline and diesel, or by buying LCFS credits, which are generated by renewable fuels producers to offset their deficits. Um, so what's happened with the LCFS since it's been implemented is it has actually 
reduce the carbon intensity of um, the transport fuel pool in California. And so the target for 2021 is um, reducing the carbon intensity by 8.5%. Um, and so that those targets get more stringent every year. And that also adds value to low carbon fuels. So the lower the carbon intensity of a fuel, the higher the value. So you'll see very high value, very low carbon intensity fuels like renewable natural gas that are derived from dairy um, producers, that kind of thing. So that's the difference. Okay. So when we talk about LCFS, what states do I need to worry about it in currently and down the line? Yeah. So currently there's only two states that have LCFS style programs. So California, and that one is called an LCFS. And then in Oregon, that's called the Clean Fuels Program. And that is mostly based on the California program. It's the, the rules are almost exactly the same. There are some slight differences because um, there are no refineries in, in Oregon. So there's some differences in how um, ethanol is, the, the carbon intensity of ethanol is calculated or um, categorized, E10 is categorized because that can be imported from Washington. Um, and then Washington State has just passed their own clean fuel standard that is currently in the rulemaking process. So that will go into effect in 2023. And then Canada has also um, passed their own federal clean fuel standard, um, which should go into effect essentially 2023. It's supposed to start um, the end of 2022, December 2022. Um, British Columbia also has an intact clean fuels program um, that that is you know running as well. Okay. Okay, so for a lot of the folks that are watching this, and I know from my background, because I've got 40 years in the business, in the price reporting agency end and, you know, educating people on how to buy fuel, this becomes a big deal, right? Because tell us, what is an obligated party, first of all? Because people hear the term obligated party. What, what does that mean? Yeah, so obligated parties in California and Oregon are refiners, importers, and wholesalers of petroleum products. Okay, so an end user, whether it's a manufacturing company or somebody that has a fleet of trucks, they are not an obligated party, right? Yeah. Okay, but this affects them. Yes. And it can affect them from a from a price standpoint and a supply standpoint. So can you walk us through that? Because that's what people really care about. Sure. So um, right now in California, the price of LCFS credits are is averaged in 2021, $178 per metric ton of greenhouse gases abated. That's what the, the price reflects. Um, so if credits are trading on that market around that price, that means that um, the added price um, to CARBOB, so Cal uh, California um, gasoline is 22 cents per gallon. That's just kind of right now. And the added price to ULSD is also, well, it's 22.3 cents per gallon for gasoline and 22 cents per gallon for, for diesel. So it does add some costs per gallon um, to, to the fuel. So when I'm buying, like, let's say if I'm a, a fleet, and I'm buying on a cost plus formula, which let's say if I'm going to a card lock or I'm going someplace in California or a truck stop and I buy my fuel using a fleet card of some type, 
and it's using a cost plus basis and it's using a rack price as a cost. I am now absorbing some of that cost in my rack price, right? You are, yeah. And sometimes the fuel provider will put the line item on the on the bill for that, and sometimes they won't. Sometimes it's just rolled into the total price. Okay, so so I is it important for them to ask that question back to their supplier so they can understand it? <clears throat> yes, I would ask that question absolutely um, because. You want to have that transparency in the cost so that you know how much the, these programs are costing you and what it costs to reduce greenhouse gases in, in the area that you're buying fuel. So it's, an, it's important to know. And then it's also important because there are ways to participate in um, this program. You know, if you are going to buy renewable fuels, for instance, if you are a diesel uh, if you're a, 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 a fleet owner and your trucks run on diesel, you there are um, deals that you can make with renewable diesel producers and providers in which you can get a cut of that LCFS credit price. So understanding what the cost is will help you kind of strategize around buying renewable fuels. What is the best way for someone to educate themselves on how that works? Is there is there something you can yeah, I mean, we Stillwater obviously can help people um, walk through how those the, how the value chain works with that, and and where fuel buyers can um, educated fuel buyers can can make some deals on on um, the the fuel that they buy. Well, that's huge. That's yeah. huge. So that's something that's of a huge benefit. So talk to me a little bit about supply. So can this impact supply? Do you think um, the LCFS does not impact diesel or gasoline supply okay. in itself? Okay. okay. Yeah. But the RFS could, right? And then the CARBOB programs out on the West Coast. Could um, I suppose it could. I mean, I, I think that there are definitely refiners who are making noises that if the this gets kind of technical, if the RINs banks, the RINs are the the um, the, the mechanism with which people kind of just show that they are complying, um, you know, buying or selling RINs. Um, so if the RINs bank goes negative, that could add, that could make it so expensive for, for refiners to make gasoline and diesel that they decide they're not going to. Um, the likelihood of that happening is, is kind of low. I don't, I don't know if that's, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. This stuff is complicated, yeah. right? So you know, one of the things we've been saying throughout the Fuel Buying Summit is that you know it's not it's not a simple task to buy fuel anymore the way that it was 25 or 30 years ago. It's very complicated, right? And for a lot of people that might be watching this, they have a fuel buying group within their within their businesses. And sometimes those people are new to fuel buying and Two months ago or a year ago or whatever, they were buying paper towels or they were buying coffee or, you know, some kind of commodity that has static prices. But this is this has a huge impact and it's important for people to really uh, try to get some basic knowledge of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Tell us a little bit about your LCFS newsletter, because I think that's something that uh, might be of value to these people. So if I if I'm, let's say, a fleet and I'm buying 
you know, 200, 300 million gallons of fuel a year. And a lot of it is in California and Washington and Oregon. How, how will, will your newsletter help me? Yeah. So um, the newsletter, the LCFS newsletter is a weekly, monthly and quarterly um, newsletter. We have those three um, frequencies of editions and uh, um, we report on LCFS credit price trends and how those impact the prices of gasoline and diesel. You know, if the price is $178 per metric ton, then, um, then you know, what does that translate to cents per gallon in purchase price? So that that can be very helpful. We also report on trends in the market um, that are influenced by the LCFS. So, you know, what we've seen over the past five or six years um, is this huge influx of renewable diesel and now demand for renewable diesel because it's low carbon. It um, Because of all of the um, LCFS and RFS incentives and biodiesel funder tax credit incentives, it is about the same price as ULSD um, at the pump. And so it, um, there's a high demand for it. And so what we report on is, you know, the impact of, of renewable diesel on the market. Um, right now, we're seeing a little bit of a supply crunch of renewable diesel. So those are the kinds of things that we report on. And then other renewable fuels that are, um, that are gaining traction in the market because they're low carbon and they are drop-in fuels. So the other reason that renewable diesel is attractive or renewable natural gas is attractive is because it can go right into the fuel system. You don't have to change anything in um, the infrastructure or in engines to have it work. So okay, this stuff is complicated. It's it's it is. So is there? So if I'm somebody that's you know really kind of new to this, what would you suggest that I do to get myself? informed so that I can really speak to my management about how it's affecting price or any of that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Stillwater has um, a really handy couple of articles on our stillwateraassociates.com website. The first is called LCFS 101, and that just walks people um, through how the program works and who benefits. Um, and that that is a really great way to kind of start to understand what's going on here. And then the next step is to talk to your fuel suppliers and ask them if you're not seeing the line item on what the, the cost for LCFS credit is or cost of cap at the rack is, you need to ask your supplier what it is and, and see if they will provide the line item because it's important stuff. Yeah. Right. Well, that's one of the things we've been saying through the Fuel Buying Summit is that, you know, the what's important is that the, the relationship that you have with your fuel supplier is just that it's a relationship, right? And it's a huge part of your spend. And if you're not in the fuel business, it's something that you have to do. And those relationships are critical and you should be able to go to your supplier and say, Hey, I don't understand this. Help me here. Help me understand what it is I'm paying for this. Right. Okay. What do you see on the horizon? So we've talked about uh, Washington and Canada have impending legislation. Do you see, Anything else down the line that our folks that are big fuel buyers should be should be cognizant of? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a few things. So um, one is there are other um, legis state legislatures that are looking at these programs. So that includes New York, um, which if 
if a LCFS passes in New York, we we believe that that will impact the entire kind of Northeast region and maybe even the Mid-Atlantic. So because of the supply impacts in New York Harbor and in New Jersey, you know, they renewable diesel is going to start going to that area and it will start, you know, renewable diesel markets will start seeding into the Northeast and um, the Mid-Atlantic region. Um, other states that are looking at adopting these um, include Minnesota and New Mexico. Um, so we, we think that this is going to kind of start spreading across the country. <clears throat> there have, forward, right? mm -hmm. And we see, you know, there's been chatter of doing like a federal LCFS. Um, we don't know how easy that might be to do. We, we shall see. Um, but um, for sure, there, it's happening in state legislatures. So be looking for that. And then the other things that might impact fleet owners or fuel supply are these um, zero emission of zero emission vehicle um, sales mandates. So in California, there is a heavy duty ZEV sales mandate in effect, um, um, which mandates that all new sales, I think it's starting in 2024, all new sales of heavy to medium duty vehicles be zero emission vehicles in the state. Um, and then Oregon is looking at adopting that as well. So that just impacts sales. It's not like you can't, you know, drive over the border with your diesel truck. Um, but if you are a fleet owner in those two states um, and looking to, you know, turn over your fleet, it's got to be as of starting at a certain point. Wow. It's a lot. It's a lot, right? It's not like it used to be where it was just, you know, regular unleaded or premium or high sulfur or low sulfur diesel fuel. It's, it's a very complicated boutique fuel slate and, um, you know, it's just going to continue that way. So if somebody wants to reach out to Stillwater Associates to, you know, we know your website, it's uh, stillwaterassociates.com, right? And um, can they reach out directly to you? Is there a contact number? Yeah, for you? please, please reach out to me. It's 888-643-0197 and I'm at extension 700. Um, I'm happy to answer any further questions. And, um, you know, we can talk about our LCFS newsletter. We can talk about supply issues. Um, and, you know, we're always here to answer questions. Yeah, that's awesome. Listen, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. And yeah. I, I love the way that you broke this down because, you know, I'm less confused. Good. <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't be <laughs> scary. That's good. It shouldn't yeah. be scary. It's, you know, you just need to be informed and, and we're here to help. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. And stay tuned for more of 